We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live on the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Visit RivalFantasy.com or download the app today for a better way to play daily fantasy baseball. This is the morning of Saturday, May 6th. I am Drew Silva. With me here is Ryan Boyer. There will be no Sunday show this week, just kind of a scheduling snafu. So we're going to steal the three up, three down thing that we do on, on those Sunday shows uh, and use it in this episode, make it our own four up, four down from Friday is what we're calling it. We're geniuses. Um, first, let's let's get into some big headlines from that slate of games on Friday. Uh, I guess the biggest news would have to be Matt Mervis coming up with the Cubs debuting. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to see what this guy can do. He kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like last year had that monstrous minor league season. Uh, jumped between three different levels, showed a ton of power, um, and just kept kind of kept that rolling right through the beginning of this year with AAA Iowa, and, and now gets his first chance with the Cubs. Yeah, Mash Mervis is there is they're calling him. Um, he was a uh, undrafted, but we remember that was the 2020 yep. draft. So there were only five rounds. So we can't really, I mean, he would have been drafted in a normal draft. Um, but yeah, we've had a lot of young pitchers come up recently, not as much from the hitting side, but Matt, Matt Mervis is definitely one of the better power prospects to come up. Making his debut yesterday, he had a 111.2 mile per hour RBI single. That was the hardest hit ball in yesterday's game against the against the Marlins. As you mentioned, 962 OPS, six home runs already at at AAA Iowa before coming up. Yeah, almost as many walks as strikeouts. It's after a 36 homer season last year. He had yeah the power really just kind of he didn't really hit for much power at I think he went to Duke he didn't really hit much power in, in college either so I think it was a swing change that kind of unlocked that but he's I mean they his hit yesterday was against the lefty uh you know the Cubs are gonna put Trey Mancini at first I'm sure some against lefties but no reason for Matt Mervis not to play every day I, I don't really understand the fit for Eric Hosmer on that roster anymore. Like, yeah. Like Edwin Rios has lost his roster spot when Mervis came up and he was not performing well, but I just don't really see how Hosmer is going to be on that roster for much longer. I know they're not paying him much, but there's just, there's really no role for him at all. But yeah, Mervis, plenty of excitement um, in my, Yahoo, Yahoo Friends and Family League. He was on waivers, so everyone had a chance to put on put in a bid for him, which went through overnight. And hundred dollar budget. I think I bid forty three for him, mm. and someone else bid one hundred. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you can get you can get ad players for no. Uh, for zero, right. you can, but still, like that just gives you an idea that it's a deeper league. But yeah, he's good plate discipline. He really doesn't strike out much. At last year at AAA, he only struck out like a fourteen percent rate, something like that. 
Um, plenty of power. Plenty of reasons to be excited about Matt Mervis. Yeah, I mean, I, I get a, I, I would say that 43 was pretty was aggressive, like reasonably aggressive, because as you mentioned, like, yeah, a lot of pitching prospects have come up. Um, I don't see like a ton of ready made power prospects like this um, yeah. that are like sitting there at triple A ready to break through. Uh, uh, spending all of your budget on, on one player, it was aggressive, but man, he has just like done nothing but mash. And my, my uh, niece was at that game yesterday and she wrote out her scorecard um, and she gives all the Cubs players nicknames. Her and my brother Evan have their season ticket holders. They go to a lot of games. Oh, so Nico Horner was leading off. She has Dansby Swan, Swan God hitting second. <laughs> she got his autograph. Yes. Oh, nice. Too. My favorite is Ian. It's happening. Um, <laughs> hitting third. Seiya Suzuki. Cody Beldonger. Trey Mancini doesn't get a nickname. Mash Mervis. Uh, Patty Wisdong. <laughs> and Miguel Amaya was Miguel Amazing. Batting catcher hitting ninth. Nice. Uh, so shout out to shout out to Blair with with the nice scorecard. Uh, moving over to another side of the NL Central. Uh, I guess we have to talk about the Cardinals today, Ryan. I almost threw up in my in my mouth there. Um, another loss on Friday night against the Tigers. Seven straight. Is that right? Yeah, because they had nine of ten. Yeah, seven. Nine of ten. Ten and twenty three on the year. It's. For me, at least, it's like switched from disappointing to almost entertaining at this point. I'm like kind of excited to. It's like watching a, a train wreck. Uh, yeah, I was I was texting with uh, Roto Pat, former colleague and friend of ours. Um, we often text during Cardinals games. You can imagine how those text chains have gone this year. But he, uh, I told him like like a sick part of me almost wants it to get worse just to see what happens. Like, you know, it's bad. Like they've just not they've never bad. like yeah, they're not this bad, of course, but they've just like they've never really had to deal with this. Um it's an odd feeling as a Cardinals fan. I know no right. one has sympathy I mean, I, for us, but I know that's the thing is like, oh I mean no, no team feels sorry for another team, but I think people are loving this you know the cardinals mm. have been just in it as much as we like our pessimistic cardinals fans and want them to try harder wanted them to capitalize on that window they had um you know they're they're they've been relevant since i've been a cardinals fan they've been relevant since bill dewitt bought the team and was that 95 they go to the nlcs in 96 the mcguire years weren't like successful from a team perspective but obviously very exciting and then you have Albert Pools come up and that run throughout the early 2000s and even up into last year. Um, I It's it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens. Someone's going to fall on the sword if they don't win two, win the next two games in this Tiger series. I think on Sunday there's going to be a significant move. It would be pretty aggressive to get rid of the manager, um, but – it wouldn't really shock me to be honest, but yeah, I wonder um, if they're regretting yeah. that extension for Mosaic during spring training. Yeah. I don't know if they would have I, the, the foresight to, you know, actually make that move that big of a move, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. Somebody might have safe. You think so? I, well, I feel like if if something does happen with him, it's going to be him moving to not so much of a front facing role, because um, yeah. he, he's really he's not the GM. Like they could just fire. <laughs> he's kind of got a fall guy right there in, in Michael Gersh, mm -hmm. um, someone on the on the staff. But the problem with that too is that the major league staff is all new, which was something that kind of got glossed over in the off season. That like all of Ali Marmol's code major league pretty much all of them moved on and they weren't always like promotion type jobs that they moved into some of it was lateral moves and some of it you could even call lesser roles that was very surprising um yeah. I, I guess if there is a man tyler o'neill went on the injured list too with a lower back strain Juan yapez up to replace him 
Uh, Jordan Walker struggling at Triple A Memphis. I, they broke him, I guess. Um, if there if there is good news, Adam Wainwright is is set to make his 2023 debut on on Saturday against the Tigers after missing a little over five weeks because of a strained groin that he suffered during a, a weightlifting accident while working out with Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. So that was back in uh, mid to late March. Do we have any reason for optimism here? Wainwright was struggling to reach 88 miles per hour with his fastball before the injury. It doesn't sound like those velocity readings improved very much during his three-start minor league rehab assignment. He gave up nine earned runs on 18 hits, only two walks, uh, but definitely got knocked around between AA Springfield and AAA Memphis. The command was good. Uh, and Wainwright has never relied on velocity necessarily to like get hitters out. He's always been sort of a cerebral type pitcher, if you can call it that. The ability to like change speeds, change tempos on hitters with that big looping curveball, keep them off balance in other ways beyond um, just velocity. But age 41, he turns 42 later this summer. It's I would say certainly going to be his farewell season. I don't know if he's actually come out and said that, but it seems like that. Um, I'm feeling like there's not going to be much to dig into here from a fantasy perspective, like streamable, maybe in the right matchups at home in Bush stadium. If the Cardinals start playing defense the way they should be able to and start hitting the way they should be able to Saturday's return is a, is a home game at Bush against a bad Tigers offense. This would be the matchup that you play him in on a, on a fantasy roster if you're going to put him on a fantasy roster. But I don't know, Ryan, are, are you playing him? I know that he was sort of a fringe guy in standard drafts anyway before the injury, average draft position in the low 300s. I'm I'm thinking it's an avoid. It's kind of a wait and see um, that, because he's not going to get you like a ton of whiffs and you worry about it blowing up in a bad way and, and him really damaging your ERA. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly not someone that you, know, you need to be going to rush out to grab. Um, I mean, you remember towards the tail end of last year, he was ha starting to have some issues. He didn't even make an appearance during the playoffs because he was just so out of whack. And then he had the – you mentioned the velocity issues during spring training, and he said it was mechanical, like he didn't – I forget what he called it exactly. It's allegedly unrelated to – um, what he dealt with at the end of last year. Last year, he like got was hit by a comebacker, and that he said that threw off his mechanics. I don't know. Yeah. He said he, he had a like, knee thing that was like affecting his stride. Uh, there was yeah. a lot of, and I I love Adam Wainwright, but a lot of it I think is like, all right, you're just you're getting old. And hey, props to him for getting another what was it, seventeen million or something. Yeah, he yeah. has to like hit some escalators to fully. Uh, hit that 17, but I mean, I, I mean, the Cardinals could have spent that money in a, in a better way. But yeah. I mean, the problem, I guess that's another he, discussion. Yeah. I mean, the best thing he had going for him, I think was, you know, we thought it was going to be a good app, a good offense and elite defense backing him. And the Cardinals don't really have that right now. I think it will get better. They, the outfield is more, well, now that O'Neill is, is hurt too. They, uh, it's still not quite settled, I guess, but I think the defense will get better. The offense should be good, but like, he's just such a borderline guy anyway. Like you mentioned that, I mean, I'm fine rostering him in deeper leagues and seeing what he looks like. Uh, even during the, against the Tigers though, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable throwing him out yet. Um, so yeah, just kind of a wait and see with, with Wayne, right. Um, even in certainly in shallower leagues, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bother. But deeper leagues, go ahead and roster him, and maybe he can turn into a, a decent streaming option. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, not coming back, instead going on the injured list. We found out yesterday, Luis Garcia, um, Tommy John surgery. Astros have been hit pretty hard from an injuries perspective. Um, Pitching wise, Jose Urquidy's also recently gone down with a shoulder injury. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a little while for him. Um, Lance McCullers is on his way back. It's he's not begun a rehab assignment though, and this is a forearm issue with him that's been 
like dating back to like the playoffs in 2021, I think. That's just kind of nagging with him. So I don't, I, I can't really count on him to stay healthy over the long haul. Someone in the chat mentioned uh, Forrest Whitley. I, I do think he's someone to keep an eye on, uh, maybe getting a shot. Whitley had two really good starts at the beginning of the season at uh, AAA Sugarland. Since then, though, he's kind of kind of struggled. Like he's, but you heard, I know uh, Keith Law from the Athletic wrote about it when he saw him during spring training, and it looked like his stuff was all the way back from when he was like considered one of, if not the best pitching prospect in baseball. He's just had a terrible time with injuries and control issues. Like I mentioned, explain, good for a couple of starts. Same commenter explains it. He, he's just bored down there. <laughs> he might be. Um, I mean, they're, they're calling up JP France today to start. Mm-hmm. Um, he's posted some interesting numbers in the minors. Not Certainly not the upside of, uh, of a Forrest Whitley. Um, I do think Whitley's a decent stash, but – yeah, Luis Garcia now out probably until um, midseason-ish next year. Uh, Urquidy, MRI came back negative. He's just dealing with inflammation. But Dusty Baker kind of hinted that it would be quite a while before he restarts a throwing program. So going to be a while for Urquidy. Um, Astros still have you know Christian Javier. Framber Valdez, Hunter Brown's off to a good start. So they should probably be okay if they can get Lance McCullers back and staying healthy. Maybe they don't need to make a move, but I, I do wonder if they maybe could look outside the organization. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to – Luis Garcia, I feel like, is known uh, as much for his pitching as much as his funky delivery with the, like the rock and the baby, which he couldn't do anymore this year, which is kind of a bummer. But, yeah, we'll see what the, what the Astros do with that rotation. Forrest Whitley may be getting a shot at, at some point, but uh, not quite yet. I hate to shift it back to the Cardinals. It might be a theme on this podcast, though. But uh, Matthew Libertor pitching well down at AAA Memphis, uh, a commenter mentions, and, and then mentions staying away from all Cardinals except for Arnato or Goldschmidt. <laughs> uh, they're, they're still – it seems like an outside chance. They're leaving open the possibility – I don't know, Libertor is on the – he's a probable starter for AAA Memphis on Saturday. We'll see if that happens. Steven Matz is a probable starter for the Cardinals on Sunday. Um, Marmol keeps getting asked about that spot. Uh, he hasn't, like, fully committed to Matz making that start even still. Um, he did – he, like, had food poisoning a couple days ago, and but got in his side session. He can't – like, Matz can't throw his curveball right now, which is – problematic of uh, being kind of a three pitch pitcher and he's just been dreadful. I I don't think that would be a panic move to, to bring up Libertor and put Mats into a long relief role. And I would do it on Sunday against the Tigers. I think it'd be a good way to work Libertor into the mix. Um, and I, if, if Libertor comes up, I, I, I know you have probably only seen him from like highlights so far at Memphis and, but the numbers look really good. He had like one bad outing and everything else has been really sharp. Um, would he be yeah, a guy that you target? I mean, as, as a replacement for Garcia, say he gets the call on, on Sunday against the Tigers. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely worth um, worth stashing. I mean, the, the velocity has been up, which is mm-hmm. huge for him because his fastball has just been so hittable. He's always had a really good curveball but he really needs that extra like two, three miles per hour to not just be Homer prone and giving up a lot of hard contact with the fastball. But yeah, I think he's, it's not a great situation right now to come into on the, on the Cardinals, but I think he would be certainly worth a look if he does get that opportunity. Uh, Some better news for the Astros is that Michael Brantley appears poised to return from the injured list for his season debut early next week against the Angels. He's been on a rehab assignment for the last handful of days, started playing in minor league games last Sunday, uh, brought along very slowly but carefully after undergoing surgery last year to repair the labrum in his right shoulder. 
Brantley's 35 years old. He's actually about to turn 36 um, in mid-May, but he's batting 316 so far on his rehab, seven walks, only one strikeout through 27 plate appearances with AAA Sugarland. I, I think we know what kind of player we're getting when he returns um, in terms of fantasy production, like, and maybe even a bit diminished from that as he gets older. But yeah, that trend started a while ago where he doesn't offer much power anymore, doesn't steal bases, but he gets on base. Uh, usually has a fairly prominent lineup spot for manager Dusty Baker there in Houston on like a day-to-day game-to-game basis, sometimes hitting second and third. Um, only eight home runs and 508 plate appearances the last time Brantley played nearly a full season in 2021, but he hit 311 that year with a 362 OBP. I, that's probably the ceiling for what, we could get from Brantley the rest of the way here in 2023 again his age 36 season like a valuable batting average help definitely in an OBP league and you know some RBIs and runs scored with a good lineup spot there for the Astros if you play in like a five outfielder format I think there should be a level of excitement with him coming back got some reps at first base on his rehab or that was the plan anyway it's looking at his minor league game log with Sugarland so far it looks like just left field and DH. Um, so I don't know if that first base idea is, is actually going to come to fruition as, as he rejoins the Astros active roster. I, primarily going to be an outfield option in fantasy and utility spot option in fantasy. I, I like him in deeper leagues, love him in OBP formats. Um, if he's available out there, are, are you picking him up, him up and, and getting him on the active roster heading into next week? Yeah, I mean, I think in five outfielder leagues, like you mentioned, I think he's worth rostering. I mean, Dusty Baker loves him. I, yeah. I think he's already basically said that he's going to bat second when he comes back. Um, and the Astros aren't fully healthy already. I mean, they've been having Mauricio Dubon batting leadoff, who's actually off to a really good start himself. But, you know, I think he'll, Brantley will slide into that two spot in the lineup. Still, I'm sure going to be a great bet for average and and runs scored, like you mentioned. But you know he's going to be 36 soon, coming off shoulder surgery, so that already modest power could be even more modest. But yeah, from a points league a points league perspective too, because he strikes out hardly ever, draws a decent yeah. number of walks. Interesting in that format, and I think even a five outfielder uh, roto league, he's worth he's worth rostering as well. Um, another guy we got some injury news on yesterday, Carlos Rodon, who we still we're still waiting for that Yankees debut. He went down initially with a, a mild, they said, forearm strain during spring training, but. The arm's fine now. It's been a, a back issue that's been holding him back. They're now saying that it's a chronic back issue, which you never like hearing. Um, he's going to get an injection in his back to help kind of speed along that that healing process. The, uh, the timetable is really open-ended at this point. I know one of the, one of the Yankees beat writers asked him, yesterday if july was like a reasonable timetable and he basically just said i have no idea i'm just gonna get the injection and hopefully throw as soon as i can so i don't know if we're looking at like around the all-star break or or what it's really truly does seem open-ended just depends on how he recovers from this from this injection and hopefully that speeds things along i did read that he's been clocked at 87 to 90 miles per hour in bullpen sessions, which he says is pretty normal for, for him during when he's just throwing bullpen sessions. Uh, but that his command was just totally off, I assume, and because of the the back issues. He's just the mechanics are just not there. Um, but I mean, Rodon is going to need that velocity. I mean, this is one of the hard, more harder throwing starters in baseball. Um, he obviously can't be sitting around 90 miles per hour. He's going to get destroyed. But I'll take his word for it that that's usually where he sits during his bullpen sessions. Um, so if he's not totally worried about it, I guess we shouldn't be. But obviously the 
the track record with Rodon, I mean, the injuries are what you're always going to worry about with him. And doesn't seem like the arm is a concern any longer, at least for the time being. But the nagging back issue, the the open-ended uh, timetable, I don't know, Drew, are you – are you still holding? Um, obviously, if you have the IL spot to use, go ahead and keep him on the IL. Um, but, I mean, I could see certainly yeah. Yeah. in a league where maybe if you don't have the IL spots or just a shallower league that you, where you've been hit hard by injuries already, maybe you could roll the dice and cut them loose. Obviously, it would be ideal to hang on to them, but is there a scenario where you think you can – kind of cut him loose now it's just yeah i i think you have to if you don't have that il spot like it's such an open-ended timetable for when he could i mean this the first year of this what was it a six-year like 162 million dollar deal mm-hmm. there's a reason the giants didn't give him a huge contract uh you know, obviously the yankees knew there was some risk involved with this that he is a pretty injury prone pitcher um, but he's going to have to start from scratch after like a shutdown period for this cortisone injection. I think, yeah, I I think the all-star break would almost be like a best case scenario for, for when he could be ready. And who knows, like he, he could suffer another setback to a different part of his body. Once he gets thrown again, it, it could be a thing that lingers all year. And I, if you have the aisle spot, obviously keep him. When he's healthy, like he's a strikeouts machine. The ERA was awesome last year too. Um, an NL Cy Young candidate. He could be an AL Cy Young candidate if, if he can get healthy for the Yankees. Uh, but right now, I think you got to be aggressive with him because that it's just, there's like no way to 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 guess when he might make his Yankees debut. I know they. I think it, it could be a while. I know they mentioned before, and maybe this is different now, but like when he was kind of getting ramped back up, coming back from the forearm issue, they mentioned like once he starts throwing live bullpen sessions, it'll probably be a month after that when he comes back. And I don't know if that's still kind of the timetable to think of, to keep in mind, um, because it's he's a pretty had standard timetable. Yeah. Issues. yeah. But he's, I mean, he's basically going through spring training all over again. So, you know, keep an eye on his throwing program. Hopefully he's able to ramp that up again in the next, in the coming weeks. But yeah, just a, a big uh, TBD on uh, Carlos Rodon. The Yankees are a game over 500, you know, I, I think this is a, another one of those years where if you only followed the Yankees via Twitter, you'd think like they're the worst team in baseball yeah. and they are in last place in the American league East. Um, but everyone in that division is over 500, but there's, there's time for them to turn it around. I, I know the injuries like keep piling up and they don't really have like, I mean, there's just, there's been like such big injuries in such big key spots. Um, I don't know. We might talk a little world series odds at the end of the show to, to re-review those and see where they sit. Uh, one last little headline before we get into some individual performances from Friday, uh, Liam Hendricks, a, a cool story. The vibes around the white Sox are also terrible right now. They have won a, a couple of games in the last week, unlike our Cardinals, but uh, the, the best news of all, maybe the, the best story of the white Sox season or even across baseball is that Liam Hendricks is cancer free following a December diagnosis of stage four lymphoma. He actually said Wednesday that he might've pitched with lymphoma all of last year. And, and he yeah. was great last year, uh, but they, they caught it in time. He completed chemo last month, uh, was a participant in, in parts of White Sox camp this spring, mostly just kind of side workouts, uh, but headed out on a minor league rehab assignment this weekend with AAA Charlotte, made his debut with Charlotte on Friday through a scoreless inning of relief, one strikeout, no hits, no walks, needed just nine pitches to navigate through that scoreless frame. The expectation is that Hendricks will do four to five total rehab appearances, so three to four more, uh, probably a, a back-to-back kind of situation coming in the, in the middle of next week before he maybe jumps into the White Sox bullpen next weekend or like the start of the following week. Um, and yeah, that seems like a solid estimate on the, on the timetable, assuming all continues to go well with triple a and, you know, maybe he gets one or two like tune up outings in low leverage, 
when he returns to the White Sox bullpen, but it seems like it's going to be pretty quick here that Hendricks reclaims that closer role that has sort of been in flux in, in his absence. Ronaldo Lopez got a save in Friday's series opener against the Reds. Keenan Middleton in, is, has been in that mix too, Alex Colome. Uh, but it should be Hendricks' job eventually and, and maybe even pretty soon. And the White Sox have the talent to to turn this thing around. They, they've played a little bit better lately. You could say the same for the Cardinals, but I really need to move on from them. Um, and, and by the time the White Sox do turn it around, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, it, it should be Hendricks who's finishing out those games. And I, I still think he could get to like 20 saves. Um, Garrett Crochet is is nearing a return too. He had Tommy John surgery. Uh, so a couple of like pretty dominant arms about ready to arrive on the south side of Chicago. Uh, Ryan, do you, do you agree that Hendricks could be an, an upper tier closer the rest of the way? I, I, I didn't watch him pitch at triple a charlotte on friday but the stat line suggests this could be just the same old guy and i I watched his press conference um on wednesday before he headed out on his rehab and he seems like really fired up an easy guy to to root for for sure yeah definitely i mean i feel like we've mostly been negative with our headlines so that it's good to end on a on a positive one here yeah but i mean liam hendricks is just like an awesome seems like an awesome dude in addition to really good pitcher um so i'm honestly surprised that he's come back so soon like you know when we found out about this like we really didn't know if he was gonna necessarily come back at all this season but it's happened really fast he looks strong i I haven't seen any reports on his velocity um but like you mentioned only only nine pitches to get through a scoreless inning um they're saying four to five rehab appearances, probably a back-to-back, as you mentioned. And, yeah, I mean, Ronaldo Lopez, who actually liked a decent amount coming into the season, he just hasn't been that good. Me too. Um, no, he hasn't. <laughs> but, yeah, he's one or two tune-up appearances for for Hendricks. I mean, they all signs point to him getting that closer role maybe before the end of the month, um, beginning of July-ish or June-ish. Uh, but yeah, good to see Liam Hendricks coming back. I mean, he's been one of the best closures in baseball the last few years. And as you mentioned, I do think the White Sox could play better. I think there are plenty of opportunities for saves for him. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he's still dangling out there in your waiver wire, certainly worth uh, worth a stash. All right, we'll do this uh, four up, four down experiment from Friday. First, a quick commercial break. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, daily fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash signup and use code RotoWireMLB at signup and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a Rival today. Welcome to the arena. All right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For up from Friday, we'll start with some positive notes. Um, I'll go first. Justin Steele of the Cubs is, I guess, the best pitcher in the National League all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, I noticed his teammate Marcus Stroman has taken to calling him Cy Steele um, on Twitter. And, hey, right now he, he like, might be the front runner for the NL Cy Young Award, as weird as it is. And, and again, it's it's the first week of May, but seven innings of one-run ball, four strikeouts, no walks, and a win Friday afternoon against the Marlins. He's now 5-0 and with a 1.45 ERA on the season. Steele had a sort of mini breakout last year. The, the ERA was sharp, uh, a nice amount of strikeouts. I think it was like 129 in 119 innings. Uh, but the command was so poor, 50 walks in those 119 innings that I largely just faded him, like wasn't buying it at all. Uh, but now with the improved command that he's shown so far, he's got everything working. Uh, 27 years old, the StatCast data really likes uh, what he's done so far this year. Lot, lots of good red on that baseball savant page. He's not a natural velocity guy. Um, has been kind of relying on inducing soft contact, and the, the Cubs can play great defense with with the way they've yeah, they can. built that roster this year. I, I don't know that it's like a I, – I, 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 I kind of laughed at the way they spent money um, over the offseason. Like, I, I don't know. I still don't know about that Danzy B. Swanson contract, but he's a tremendous defensive shortstop, and just all around the field they, they have really good gloves. Um, and Steele's definitely been an incredible value so far in fantasy if – if you did buy into what he did last year, like ADP in the high 200s, low 300s. So in a standard draft, you know, he might have even been a waiver wire pickup. Um, and so far, he's been a top 10 starting pitcher with the wins and the ERA and the whiffs. He gets the Cardinals next. Uh, that'll be early next week. Um, and that offense, or middle of next week, I think Wednesday. And th- that Cardinals offense has been underperforming, to, to say the least. So uh, I think a, a really good first impression here for Steele to begin this season where once a pitcher like you know takes that step forward with the command there's a lot of reasons to get excited I I don't know if like the his stuff naturally like suggests that he's gonna be an ace but like a really solid number three type fantasy starter moving forward like that 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 would be kind of the ceiling and um it's what he's shown he can do so far I like he he's with the command and like he he gets good movement on his pitches and he's he's got a, a wide ranging sort of arsenal. I, I I feel like what he what he does can work even with with not a lot of great natural velocity. Yeah, I think it all comes down to the control with him. Honestly, like mm-hmm. is the improved control for real? I, I'm a little skeptical. It is just because it's. I mean, dating back to the minors, he really just hasn't thrown a ton of strikes um maybe he's cleaned up the mechanics and was able to repeat his delivery better i'm not sure what exactly is working for him but like his he's got a really nasty slider um Mm -hmm. i mean it's a true like plus plus pitch so i mean he has that put away pitch so he can get by with throwing you know fairly middling velocity I, I think it really does just come down to the to the control with him can he keep those walks down because um, I think he's going to get decent number of swings and misses as you mentioned Cubs defense is really good um, Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner up the middle and Cody Bellinger that's yeah. one, of the, one of the best defensive combos in baseball so I think Steele does have staying power. I worry about the control regressing a little bit. So 
maybe from that perspective, he is a little bit of a sell high, but certainly, uh, certainly positives we've seen from him. Um, another positive from yesterday, Chris Sale. I don't know if you saw um, the first inning uh, plate appearance, but Bryce Harper's plate appearance against Chris Sale, and they, MLB gave them a like a special waiver or whatever to where they can the the fans could give Bryce his his welcome back without a a pitch clock penalty, and then Chris Sale just like just dominated him like. He's hitting 90, 99 miles per hour. Like it looked like I saw that man. I was like, what's Chris what Sale? Two thousand thirteen. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he's we've seen starts from him this year where he's just put up great numbers, and then just also just awful starts. But you know, if you've listened to the podcast or watched the podcast, I don't want to give myself too much of a pat on the back, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Like I said, like he he just looks like a guy who hasn't pitched in a really long time and is trying to find his command again. And I think maybe he's found it. Like he he mentioned after, or maybe it was before yesterday's start, actually. Like he he's just trying to get comfortable. And once he gets comfortable and just can kind of let it loose, like we might be seeing vintage Chris Sale again. And that's what it looked like yesterday. Ten strikeouts, only one walk. Average 96 miles per hour on his fastball, as I said, peaked at 99. You know, he's four starts and a 15-to-1 strikeout to walk rate. Over his last two starts combined, he's now up to 45 strikeouts and 11 walks over 35 and a third innings on the season. I mean, just from what we've seen, there's built-in volatility. You You have to account for that, but... Like I'm, I'm very much in Chris Sale's corner right now. Um, yeah. I think the Red Sox are playing better than expected. I think um, so. He could get a decent amount of of uh, offensive backing as well. And like I mentioned, I think he's just a guy who it's just taken him some time to get comfortable, get those mechanics back in back in order. So you know, I hope the the buy window. Is the buy window, buy window door? No, that doesn't make sense. The window to buy low. Workshop it, baby. Yeah. The window to buy low on Chris Sale is probably closing if it's not maybe creaked open a little bit. Um, But yeah, he's a hold for me and still a buy low if you can can pull that off. Yeah, the the further that he gets into this season with no physical setbacks, I I think I agree with you. I think just the better he's going to get when he really just rediscovers his command. And we've seen flashes of it. We saw flashes of it on Friday night. Uh, Randy Rosarena is is an up for me. Uh, hit a homer in the bottom of the first inning Friday against the Yankees. Part of a was it a five four win for the Rays over their division rival. Um, the Rays are now 18 and two at home to begin the year, 27 and six overall, 21 games over the 500 mark on May 6th. Uh, and that homer was on the same day that the Rays introduced Randy Land. This is the main reason why I threw him in here. I know it's not a very interesting <laughs> name for fantasy purposes because you either have Oros or or you don't. But Randy Land is section 141 at Tropicana field uh where whenever a rosarena homers i believe it means a, a free beer or soda or water uh, for everyone in that randy land section and i i saw after rosa runner a rosarena hit that homer again it was in, in the first inning he like was chopping it up with the people out there uh, in the outfield at the trop uh rosarena's batting 328 with nine homers and 30 rbis through 31 games this year he's just looking like the real deal the the total package i'm glad to have gotten a bunch of of shares in him of him in drafts this spring he's had like these breakouts in the postseason and there's been some some good years but I, i just liked the way that the environment of baseball um sort of was going to come together for him this year to hit homers and and steal bases and to be an aggressive player in in sort of this more fast-paced baseball environment. It just seems to really suit him well. Um, ADP in the top 50 at a lot of sites. So, again, it's not like um, you're going to be able to 
to pick him up or even grab him in a trade unless you want to pay through the roof. But it, it feels like this could be like a total package season long type of full on breakout for a Rosarena. And if man, if the Rays are going to win 120 games or something, he's an MVP candidate. Like you wouldn't have guessed that a Rays hitter, I think going into the season would be an MVP candidate, but there's a lot of names on that offense that are clicking, obviously to get to that kind of record. It's, it hasn't just been the pitching. Um, It's, it's been the full gambit of, of production. Jason Adam earned a save in that game too. We should mention. And uh, Pete Fairbanks went on the injured list. Was, was did they call it elbow inflammation or forearm inflammation? Uh, he had that Renaud syndrome diagnosis, which is like it makes your your fingers numb. Um, he said that this IL stint is unrelated to that, um, but I, I'd be concerned about this being a kind of an extended absence for Fairbanks. And Adam has been awesome going back to last year. Uh, another guy that the Rays just kind of picked up and turned into a, a superstar reliever. And I, I mean, he could, he could definitely run away with that closer role. Fairbanks wasn't getting a ton of save chances anyway. I think he had four so far for a team that, you know, has been so hot out of the gates. I know they've I mean, won some of these games in lopsided fashion, but yeah, if you win every um, game by 10 runs, you're not going to get me. <laughs> but I, 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 re- I mean, I would have advised drafting Fairbanks and Adam in leagues this spring. I know he's he's not out there anymore in, in any like competitive league, but he looks like he could be super valuable over the coming weeks and maybe even the coming months. Yeah, I mean, Fairbanks is saying that he, he could it could be a minimum IL stunt for him. Yeah. Um, so he seems optimistic. Injuries though have been have plagued him throughout his career. I mean, they gave him that extension though. I I think that was a lot of what was backing some positivity with him because, you know, the Rays obviously. Yeah. Kevin Cash isn't crazy about uh, settling on one closer, but them giving him that kind of contract kind of cemented him as their closer. Um, And he looked great early on, but you know, injuries, popping up again for him. Like you mentioned, Jason Adam is, is great too. I think he, even if he doesn't wind up getting saves or only a handful of saves, I think he could still be useful in fantasy. Um, but yeah, Rosarena, no one else really comes to mind off the top of my head as far as like AL MVP odds, but I think he probably is the favorite. Um, can they get away with that, by the way, the like the free beer thing? I didn't, maybe that's a state by state thing. I don't, I didn't think you could give away like free technically free beer like that i thought you had to like charge something florida man yeah there's no rules in florida (laughs) actually for as much as you you think florida is like crazy it's it's also very conservative well the people that actually vote there are are, like i don't i don't think weed's legal there um there's a lot of weird rules there but i I guess you can get away with it i don't know i guess maybe it's like a voucher there's probably some like technicalities to it but the story was better the way i told it i think ryan (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rosarena's got that the personality in his corner too, so maybe he'll get some MVP votes from. Who did he used to play for? I don't. I don't uh, let's not let's not do this again. Okay. So anyway, Bailey Ober, the the best segue in the history of podcasts. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, he was awesome yesterday at Cleveland. Six strikeouts, one walk, only three hits allowed. Um. Seven shutout innings. Only needed 91 pitches to get through those seven shutout innings. In his three starts with the with the Twins, only given up two runs, 16 to six strikeout to walk rate, and 18 to third innings pitched. He, he has had an easy schedule. Um, at Cleveland is you know not a terribly daunting matchup. His other two matchups have been against the Royals and Nationals, so. He's had a favorable schedule in those three starts, but I mean, he, this is a guy who's really been effective when healthy, uh, both at the major and minor league level this year at AAA at a two, five, five ERA, 22 strikeouts, six walks over 17 and two thirds innings. Um, yeah, like I mentioned, super effective when healthy, but you know, I think he's only crossed the 100 inning, threshold like once in his professional career uh 
So he is not a guy that we can count on for, for durability, but and the twins have Kinta Maeda and Tyler Malley both on the injured list right now. Sounds like both are going to be yeah, sidelined. 60 day IL now for Malley. Yeah. yeah, they went ahead and moved Malley to the 60 day IL. And Maeda's dealing with a, a triceps thing, I believe. Uh, and he was also battling, maybe it's related to this, but they were calling it like just like arm fatigue before that. So. And he's had his uh, his durability concerns in the in the past as well, and coming back from from Tommy John. So, Ober's going to get, I think, an opportunity to stake claim to a spot in the Twins' rotation. Twins are obviously playing good baseball right now. I think because of those injury concerns and the fact that I mean, Ober is like a huge guy, he's like six nine, but he doesn't throw hard. Like he's just kind of a gets by with um, the putting the fastball high in the zone. He's really good at doing that. Um, but he gets strikeouts for a guy who doesn't throw hard, and he's always had great control as well. Um, so I really like him to continue being fantasy relevant, even in shallower leagues. Um, like I mentioned, that's the injury, the past injury issues with him. Um, certainly a concern, but you know, as long as he's got the spot in the in that twins rotation, I, I think he's gonna be fantasy relevant. Yeah, that depth has been tested a bit. Chris and I talk about the twins rotation every time we do a podcast together, and it, it looks so deep at the beginning of the year, it's getting tested a bit now, but they've got so many like solid number two, number three type options. Um, and it's it's suiting them well right now. Uh, we should give a, a shout out to Kyle Mueller for uh, for finally Kyle Mueller for finally notching the A's first starter win of the season on on Friday night against the Royals. Uh, their their first starter win of the season, and I think it even went back to like yeah, they came back to last year too. Yeah, didn't have a a win from a starting pitcher. He didn't actually even pitch very well. I think it was like a twelve seven game. Uh, but a win, a win's a win, so no longer a, a winless rotation there in Oakland. Fernando Tatis Jr. had a big night, two home runs. Uh, Kyle Tucker busted out of a slump. Love to see that. He should be awesome moving forward. That was just a little blip on the radar. Uh, and then Harper, yeah, we talked about a return to Citizens Bank Park. Had a, a hit and a run scored, which was good to see. All right, let's do four down from Friday. I'll start with Will Smith, uh, the pitcher not the catcher or the actor, uh, but he blew a save in brutal fashion Friday night against the Angels. Will Smith, the actor, right kind of up. down right now too, Drew. <laughs> yeah, he, he's kind of down too. Um, <laughs> Smith entered with a 4-1 lead in the bottom of the ninth inning, if I have this correct. Probably gave up four earned runs on four hits and a walk, no strikeouts. Angels went on to win 5-4. to four. He issued... He came back out for the 10th and, and issued an intentional walk before getting pulled on the 10th, um, which I guess played into that fourth run, which was the winning run for the Angels. I, I don't think I'm recapping this properly, but anyway, it was a bad blown save. And he was a popular pickup recently. I, I grabbed him. Had It seemed like he had Smith had taken the reins on that closer role for the Rangers. Uh, but his season ERA in that outing went from 1.69 to 3.75. Um, so I don't know, maybe you see more of a carousel there moving forward. It's, it's not like any of these Texas relievers have been like particularly effective. Jose Leclerc has not been great. Uh, there were, there was, I liked Leclerc, um, around draft prime draft season in March. Uh, but he has not looked especially sharp. Jonathan Hernandez has not looked that sharp. I, I think I would still hold on to Smith because I doubt that he's like done getting ninth inning opportunities if by default or not you know you'll take it and there's not like a go-to option there right now for manager bruce bochi and i like the rangers overall um they're playing really good baseball i think it's an interesting roster that's kind of on the edge of like being average to maybe being like a sneaky wild card pick chris and i did like a win totals podcast just before the year and he like he really liked their over i think it was i want to say like 78 or something 78 and a half um, and it's it's looking pretty good right now. And I, I think Smith still will get opportunities. I wouldn't panic drop him, even though that outing just killed your ERA going into the weekend if you're playing in like a weekly head-to-head -head type league. 
Yeah, he's got that history with with Bochi too. I think he'll yep. stick with him for a little bit. Leclerc, like I think maybe one or two appearances ago, he actually gave up his first runs of the season, but like his velocity has been down. He's really had yeah. trouble throwing strikes. Uh so I think they're gonna they're gonna pull back on his high leverage usage. Bochi came out and said that Will Smith is gonna get the the bulk of the save chances for the time being. I don't have a ton of faith in him, but I also don't really know where else that Bochi's going to turn in that bullpen right. for the time being. So, yeah, he's a hold for me. Um, another guy who's also a hold for me, surprise, but Kyle Schwarber, um, I mentioned the the Chris Sale start already. Uh, Schwarber was a victim of three of those strikeouts. I, actually, I think maybe a reliever got one of those strikeouts, but – Schwarber went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts yesterday in the in the loss to the Red Sox. Season long batting line down to 183, 305, 392. Not great, Bob. Um, 122 and a 34% strikeout rate over his last 12 games. I mean, we know that Schwarber is not the, you know, the, steadiest fantasy source. He's going to have these ups and downs. Um, but, you know, still has seven home runs this season. His stat cast numbers are not looking as great as they normally are, but he's still ranking in the 85th percentile and average exit velocity. That's actually down a decent amount for him, but I wouldn't be uh, – concerned about Kyle Schwarber. Uh, I think he's, you know, we saw, what was it is with the nationals when he had that like 20 Homer month, whatever it was. Yeah. I uh, think it was like 17. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he'll be fine. He's known to go I mean, you, you know, you're not going to, right. You know, yeah. you're not going to get like a great batting average. You like that he's getting leadoff looks like Bryson Stott has kind of moved down to the lineup. Maybe they tried Trey Turner up there again at some point, or maybe even Bryce Harper, but um, you'll, you'll be fine with Schwarber hitting fourth or fifth either way. Yeah. Uh, Corbin Burns took a loss Friday against the Giants. Five runs allowed, only two of them earned, but four hits, three walks, only five strikeouts, which is not a lot for him. A pretty mediocre stat line right now for Burns. He's three and two with a 3.86 ERA. His ERA actually dropped in, in Friday's outing. It was hovering just above four prior to it. 32 strikeouts in 39 and two-third innings. That's the biggest surprise for me with Burns, who's usually a, a strikeouts maestro. Um, but I don't know. You you look at like the baseball savant page here, the, the spin rates, the fastball velocity, it's all still there. He did suffer that left pectoral strain last month to the non-throwing side of his body. You wonder if that's maybe affecting things, but either way, he's he's pitching through it. I'd, I'd call him somebody you should target in a trade if there's a fantasy manager out there who has burns and wants to let him go at some sort of a discount. Because, again, like the data there is it, it all suggests that he should still be the same guy, the same NL Cy Young contender as we move along into the summer months. He gets the Royals next. I guess if he doesn't thrive in that one, then there'd be reasons to start poking holes in what, what exactly is going on here. Um, but for now, I think he's just he's been more mediocre than elite. Um, and I, I see the swing and misses starting to, to pile up. I, I have no reason to, 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 to doubt that they won't come along. Yeah, he did have that kind of weird, bad stretch, like seven-start stretch or something at the end of last year as well. But – yeah, I mean, pitching has been just so bad this year generally that, you know, a guy like Corbin Burns is such a proven commodity, I think, if anybody's going to want to bail on him, you know, I don't think you're going to – It's he was the consensus top pick in fantasy for among pitchers. So I don't think anybody's going to want to bail on him. But if you can require him via trade, I mean, I would certainly be willing to uh, – to buy low on that. Um, as you mentioned, velocity has been fine. Um, been a frustrating start for him, but I, I, I think he's ultimately going to be fine. Uh, my other down, we already kind of talked about um, 
I just was going to do Missouri teams in general. Uh, we've already How's Missouri doing? <laughs> yeah, not great. Missouri's baseball team's not great. Um, but yeah, Cardinals and Royals are uh, not playing great baseball right now. Cardinals, seven straight losses, nine out of 10, worst record in the National League. Royals just lost to the A's last night. If uh, the A's beat beat them again tonight, they'll be tied for the worst record in the American League. So not great great baseball being played in the in the show me state, Drew. Your son has a, a T ball game coming yeah. up in about a half an hour. So we I, I gotta I gotta let you go get to that. Maybe he can write the ship for us. <laughs> We're relying yeah. on, on on young Boyer. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll table our world series odds discussion for next week. Um, uh, another week of data to do that. And, and you got to get out to your son's games. That's going to do it for us on the, the Rotowire fantasy baseball podcast brought to you by rival fantasy, go to rivalfantasy.com or download the app today and start playing a far better form of daily fantasy baseball. I really like what they have to offer. We needed some, some new tools in the daily fantasy baseball space. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Ryan is at Ryan P. Boyer. Hit like and subscribe. Leave a review if you enjoy what you're hearing. And have a good weekend. Peace out. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah.